Bonjour, and welcome to Learn French Brooklyn, the podcast. Today, for our seventh episode, we will chat with Claudine Hemingway. Claudine lives for the hidden gems of Paris and has a deep appreciation for French culture. In our conversation, we talk about tips to navigate the city of lights, the best kept secret Claudine has discovered, as well as her passion for the Louvre. So, hello, Claudine, and thank you so much for... Uh joining us today on this sunny afternoon. Thank you. I know. Pretty happy that it's so sunny and beautiful today. So you are uh, very active online in different media, whether it's uh, your videos on, on YouTube or participating to different podcasts or also your tours of, of Paris that you do in person. And we have been following what you do over the past, uh, over the past months. And we've learned a lot of great things, thanks to you, things that even as a born Parisian, I <laughs> didn't know. And so my first question would be, if you could tell us maybe a little bit about what brought you here, because I think you're from Oregon originally. Mm -hmm. I am. I uh, originally from Oregon. It started very, very early on. Uh, my grandparents uh, came to Paris in the 70s, and I remember... Uh, after, you know, when I was a little bit older that I could, you know, recall, um, my grandpa would always come back with all the photos and he'd have to go send them off to get them, you know, it, you know, developed and then bring them back home. And, and I remember being at the house, looking at the photos and just, you know, I was always that kid that was asking why all the time, which I think I, I still definitely do because of what I do. Um, and I would just ask what these, you know, what these pictures were and where were these places. And so, I think before I ever realized I fell in love with Paris, I, you know, did as a child before I ever really knew, um, you know, of course, I also get a lot of that, you know, my last name is Hemingway and we are, you know, related. Um, a lot of people will think because of social media that because I talk about my grandparents so much that they instantly think that Ernest is my grandpa, but it's more of a distant, you know, second cousin kind of a thing. Um, but, you know, I mean, my own grandparents, you know, are, are pretty fantastic. Um, you know, I still have my grandma who's 99 years old and, you know, and it's as long as I bring her chocolate from Paris, you know, she's happy. Um, but I think that just that always that, you know, I was always so inquisitive and, and wondering about all these stories. And the great thing about Paris is it's endless. I mean, I think I spend pretty much every day doing nothing but exploring the history of Paris. And I am probably just at the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> that, that's great. And you, you mentioned some of the photos that you found that your grandparents took. And I heard that you went back to some, you found some of the locations, right? Yeah, I do. I always, um, I actually have the little package right here, but this little zipper packet that I bring with me and I always bring like a little handful of photos with me. And then I go and try to find the exact same spot. Um, there's a couple of them that I still have never found. There's one of like this door knocker and it looks like a hand, you know, like the great door knockers that are in Paris and has a hand that's kind of like around a big ball. And I just am like, I'm going to find it. I will someday find it doesn't he didn't write on the back of it. But I love to go to those places and literally stand in like the exact same spot, you know, line up the picture. And I will hold the picture up, you know, with my phone into the background of showing it's the same spot. And so it's just kind of 
you know, ties it all together. And my, you know, my grandpa loved to just get up early in the morning and walk the streets and take photos while my grandma slept. And there's been times that I've walked down the street and all of a sudden I'm like, wow, that building looks really familiar, like the side of this random building. And then all of a sudden I was like, wait a second. And I pulled out the envelope and I was like, that was the picture. And that was, I think the one that kind of got me the most because it's just a random building. And I was doing the same thing he did 40, 50 years ago. And, you know, here I am looking and finding the same building exactly how he did it at that time too. And that, and that must be a, a fantastic feeling when you get the, this kind of epiphany. Okay. This is the spot that I know from that photo. Yeah. And yeah. That must be very, very special. It's, yeah. It's pretty cool. Cause some people do that. It's interesting that the, side by side when you take mm -hmm. the photo some people do that with like film locations or things like that yeah. but it's even cooler when you do it with your own personal uh, family background photos and yeah like it's always i think i've gone through most of them now <laughs> i think i've done pretty much all the ones that you know i've brought so many with me but now it's like sometimes you put the dates on the back and so sometimes i'll actually find and it'll be the exact same date And so then I try to line it up, you know, and say was, this was April 13th. There was just one the other day. It was April 13th and it was the same day. That would make a, a great exhibition someday. Yeah. You said that you had been infused with this French culture and this uh, passion for Paris for, for a while. When you were in school, for instance, did you start learning French at, at any point? Well, I think I was like a lot of people that took it in high school and did not retain any of it at all. And I just think like, you know, and I remember my grandparents even were like, well, if you, you know, if you really get going on, it will, you know, you'll have to come to Paris with us. And I remember thinking that was a pretty great, you know, idea, but I, you know, I don't, I don't even remember enjoying it when I think it was just, you know, it's also the way, you know, you kind of were taught French in school. It was very, you know, academic and, and memorize and, and flashcards and things like that. And it just, I don't think it was the way to, you know, and it was school too. So it's not, it's like when you're told to read this book, you're like, Oh, I hate that book because <laughs> you were told to do it. Yeah. So it's uh, you know, I wish looking back, I would have done more of it, but unfortunately, you know, it didn't really catch on in my, in my mind at the time. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess once you visited Paris, the motivation becomes way more present. Yes. Yeah. And it's really, you know, so many people speak English here. I do trip planning for, for clients coming, you know, very, you know, very detailed and custom, especially for the people that wanted to, you know, do what I do and get them more in depth than just going to the top of the Eiffel Tower. And Some people will say, oh, it's every, you know, but I don't speak any French, you know, and I give them the basics. I was like, make sure you always say these things. But for the most part, you know, restaurants and museums and most of those places, they, they speak enough English, which is good and bad, because then I think people unfortunately don't think that they need to try, you know, they just walk in with you know, not even a parlez-vous anglais or, you know, they just walk right in and just start speaking English. Mm -hmm. So there's good sides and bad sides to it. But compared to when my grandparents came here, when nobody spoke, you know, really any English, it's, you know, it's a little easier. And so you, you mentioned doing some trip planning for clients But without revealing all your secrets. What would be, <laughs> according to you, like the, the most overlooked things about Paris? Well, I think 
what a lot of people do is they try to do too much. I think they try to think that they're going to just go see all of these things in any given day, just line up, just check all those boxes. Some people come to Paris and they, they come for three days and then they move on to, you know, Italy or whatever. And it's like three days. You can't, that's, I can't, I mean, that's basically half my time in the Louvre. (laughs) You do three days, but I think that's the biggest thing. And so when I, when I'm with, helping clients. I just really am like, do, you know, one big thing in the morning and do one big thing in the afternoon, and then just take your time and explore around that area on your way to and from that place. Because that's, you know, the beauty of Paris is the slowing down. I mean, sometimes walking down the street, you wouldn't know that, you know, when you just about get run over by a scooter or, or, you know, very determined walkers. Um, But the best thing is, is to just sit and you know, sit at a cafe and, you know, and have your coffee and, and just take everything in. First time I came here, I dreamed of coming here my whole life. And, and, you know, I did have quite a big list of things I wanted to do and I didn't get to a few of them, but, um, you know, and now I kind of wish I could redo that first time, you know, the first time walking into the Louvre or the first time I saw, you know, this thing or that thing. Um, but you know, you live and learn. <laughs> and so it's, a, it's funny you mentioned the the scooters uh, everywhere. In a more general sense, how do you feel that Paris might have, or maybe not, uh, evolved since uh, since the pandemic? You know, um, just today I was noticing. I went into the Louvre this morning, and I was and I was leaving, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like tourists are back, and it's been in the last like week. It's been all of a sudden like exploded with people. Um, and you know, it's really, it's, it's really bad and horrible. And you just say, it's like, Oh, gotta miss those days. <laughs> but, you know, I think, you know, hopefully the pandemic taught everybody kind of what's important, um, and to take that time. And then hopefully it, people just kind of come, come with a new sense of how to enjoy it or how to look at the world, um, you know, because it, you never know, it could, you know, we never know what could happen tomorrow, it could go back and some other thing happens and we're in a lockdown. So, you know, to appreciate those moments. Also, I'm not a Pollyanna but thinks that that's going to be, you know, I'm sure we're going to go right back to the way it was. I do, speaking of, of the scooters, it, it does feel like there's less than there was. And also those bikes. Yes. You've been very generous with your time recording long videos, like walking tours, basically, where you're uh, usually off camera, but you're commenting what you're seeing and giving. It's very interesting because it's uh, there's a lot of history, but there's also some more personal anecdotes. And we really feel like the, the life of a neighborhood. You've been doing this with like the Marais or more recently with um, the, the, the Luxembourg and and all this. How did you get this idea of those uh, those video walking tours? Well, it kind of, you know, during the pandemic, um, my good friend, Crystal Kenny, she started doing a podcast called La Vie Creative. And I was a guest on the podcast, like one of, I think it was like the second episode. And I talked a little bit about history and she got a bunch of messages from people saying, that was so cool. We love that. And so I had actually thought just like everybody else during the pandemic, maybe I should do a podcast or I should do this. Um, And then it was one of those things like, oh my gosh, where do I even start? And then I was like, oh, you know, she was like, hey, would you want to do this? So um, we started in every Monday, it's called Paris History of Becca Hemingway. 
And, um, and then one day, you know, she, it was, I think after the lockdown lifted and she was like, Hey, what if we started doing these videos? Um, and at the time I wasn't in Paris. And so she was walking around the street and we had to go through a lots of different hits and misses of trying to figure out how to do it. And then when I'm not in Paris, my friend Kate does it. She walks, you know, I pretty much put it together and design the route and I have all the history and then my friend Kate does the video and then I narrate it and when I'm here I'm the one who does it but it's a nice way to kind of you know everybody kind of misses Paris when they especially during the pandemic when they couldn't be here Um, and then I just like being able to share more of that deep history I mean that's kind of my big thing is you know, just like walking down the street and, you know, you walk down any street in Paris and this goes back to taking the time and there's plaques above doors and it's where Champollion lived, where he deciphered the Rosetta stone. And, you know, you like, I will just walk down the street with my camera and my notebook and just like, Oh, Oh, what's that? Oh, Oh, cool. What's this one. And then I go and, you know, look it up and research it. And, and then next thing you know, I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to do a video on this street. And, um, it's just, I mean, that's like my favorite thing, just walking down a street, especially on a Sunday morning when it's quiet and just discovering these things is it's like just literally my favorite thing. And you share it really well because oh, thank um, you. It, there's a lot of insights and just even the way you talk about those restaurants and you're like, Oh, actually the, the owner of this is the son of the owner of that spot. And it really feels like we are living in the, in the neighborhood and we get all this knowledge, this insider knowledge. You said at the beginning about telling, you know, you grew up in Paris. I have my French friends all will say, you know more about Paris than we do. <laughs> and I was like, well, of course, because you live here and you're not really like, you know, you're just getting from point A to point B. You know, I'm the nerd walking down the street, stopping. And then it's funny when I stop to take photos of like a building and a plaque, and then you see people walking by looking back, like, should I be looking at that? That, that gives us a, a great perspective on our own uh, neighborhood. It. So it's, it's very interesting. And yeah, I wanted to, because you just mentioned this, um, you said that in most places, it's easy to navigate even if you don't speak French or anything. But how do you feel um, in terms of like a social life? What would be the, the biggest difference you've noticed between your life in the US and your life here in uh, France? Um, well, I'd probably say that I have one here <laughs> in the U.S. I probably don't have much of a life. I mean, I it's funny. I'm kind of always on French time. So when I back, I wake up at like 2 a.m. Just I'm wide awake at 2 a.m. Like that's just my insane body clock. Not when I'm in Paris and I get up and then I just spend like the whole day doing research and writing and getting ready for the podcast and getting ready for the walks and getting, you know, trip planning. It's just it's like this never ending, you know, cycle. Um, and then when I'm in Paris, I have to almost force myself to stay in the apartment and do work on the computer. Cause I just don't want to, um, but I have to, um, and it's like, no, I just want to go out and explore things. So, you know, I way more social when I'm here, um, just because, you know, I just, you know, have lots, I mean, I have lots of friends in Portland, but really when I'm not here, I really buckle down and like, I got to get this stuff done. So when I'm in Paris, I don't have to do it as much. Great thing about doing research all the time is I could go into the Louvre and see these rooms that I've spent hours and hours in. I'm I'm curious because when you work with, with clients and they come to, to Paris at the end of their tour, maybe seeing Paris in a, in a different way than they would have Compared to like their expectation of what Paris is, how mm-hmm. do they feel in, in general? 
Um, like after they, after I'm with uh, them. Yeah, after. In terms of uh, probably the, the the new the new way they look at things in in Paris. What's the main takeaway that they have? Uh, yeah, know? I think you know I get a lot of times when I take people to the Louvre. Um, a lot of times people, and it's it like, it literally feels like somebody stabbed me in the heart when somebody is like, oh, I've been to the Louvre. I don't need to go again. I'm like, oh my God, no. Or, oh, I don't want to go as too touristy. And that's, I always take those as like a personal challenge because I mean, if you go around the Mona Lisa, it's horrible. I mean, it really is kind of a horrible experience, but there's so much more. I mean, there's like 10 kilometers more of the Louvre than the Mona Lisa, um, and I've taken a couple people that have never gone and they've come to Paris a ton of times. And at the end of it, they're just, you know, they were like, that was my favorite three hours I spent. Um, and a lot of people say that, like, oh, you bring these things to life because you share all these other stories behind it. And so that's kind of my I mean, that means more to me than anything. Um, when I give, you know, when I give tours to Saint-Germain and I take them in to the places and, you know, we walk down the street and people in restaurants say hi or recognize me because I'm in there all the time. And, you know, I kind of stick out like a sore thumb most of the time too. (laughs) But um, I think that like, that's my favorite thing is if I could give everybody, if they could just leave after spending a few hours, knowing that there's this much deeper part of Paris um, and the people of Paris. I mean, that's a big, big, huge thing. than just what the tourists see. Um, And, you know, there's nothing wrong with being a tourist. You know, sometimes it's even great to put that, you know, tourist glasses back on. And, and it's, it's fun watching people see things that maybe we've seen so many times. It kind of gives you a little renewed, like, Oh, that's right. It is pretty amazing. Yeah. That's a nice feeling. And just the way you said, when you take a photo and people look back because they feel like they missed something, I'm sure you have those experiences as well with the people you tour with. There was one question that I wanted to ask. I think on La Vie Creative, you mentioned a, a book project. Yes, or... I have a few. <laughs> okay. Because it first started and it's, again, it's one of those things like I have really have got to make time to work on these, especially this one I got really excited about because with everything else, it's like literally is like on the last, on the back burner. I mean, I could probably pull open the documents since probably I'll say last open four months ago or something. Um, But, you know, I have a couple, I wanted to do one that's even based on the, on the podcast about all these women. Um, It started out, the podcast was all about these women in French history that were like either, you know, French or touched by Paris. Um, So, you know, we'll have, uh, you know, majority are French women, but then we have like Julia Child and and different people that were inspired by Paris. Um, And so I thought about doing, you know, a book that expands even more on each one of them. Um, And then also uh, I would love to do a guide that is the deep versions of the history of Paris. The guides these days, you know, the Rick Steves and the Lonely Planet and all of those, you know, people, most people just want to come and find the highlights and they go on, you know, but there are people and those people, you know, I lovingly are following me that I appreciate so much that want that deeper side. So I really want to put together it's basically like, you know, it would kind of be all the stuff I've done on Instagram um, and expand even more because Instagram does have its, you know, restrictions of how much you could post (laughs) in one, in one um, post. But, uh, but then I have two other ones. One of them is basically the kind of the intersection of the story of 
the three generations of Hemingways between Ernest, my grandparents and myself. And there's a lot of very strange similarities with some of them of the art, you know, like all three of us had our favorite area, but I don't, you know, in like Saint-Germain, but it never was like, I'm coming to Paris and I want to go stay in this area. I, when I first came to Paris, I was on the right bank. And then I came over here, over here one day and was like, oh my God, this is it. Like when I saw the Jardin of Luxembourg, I was like, forever, I will always be within a five minute walk from here. Um, and then I have another one that I came to mind that I'm still kind of keeping a little to myself, but it would has to do with the Louvre. And it's a, um, it, I had the idea one day when I was in the Louvre in January and I was like, and then today, actually just today I was in there and it was like, Oh, and I had a whole nother part of it, um, that it would bring together kind of, it'd be a little bit of a, almost a little bit of a mystery, but then the tying together all of these amazing stories of the things inside the Louvre, the palace itself, the paintings, the art. Um, that's the one I'm really excited about. So I really just need to like every day, maybe say, okay, one hour, I need to just work on this because that that's the one I'm really excited about. We feel very excited to discover the, <laughs> the book as well. You mentioned that you enjoyed, you liked uh, looking for new challenges. What would be your, your next challenge in France? Well, I think I definitely would love to get a little further in my uh, speaking French. Um, I Comprehension, like I could pretty much read anything in French. I had a tutor at one point. He stopped doing it. Um, but it was funny, like there would be times I would teach him words because of like all of the art, everything from art. And, you know, I do a lot of research in the Louvre library itself. Um And all these books are in French. And so like all of those terms that you would use for art or, you know, all of that stuff, I was like, oh, I got this. Like, <laughs> but I, I'm more and more confident speaking it, especially with strangers. I could have a half an hour conversation in French without a problem. Some of my friends that I speak to when I do speak, he was like, you speak French, you are in France. And then I do. And, you know, he makes fun of me the way I say it. And so I'm like, I'm not going to do this anymore. <laughs> But that's probably a challenge. And then I really would love to be able to find the time, figure out a way that I could really have that time to work on the books. That's a big challenge. This was the seventh episode of Learn French Brooklyn, the podcast. Thank you, Claudine, for being our guest. You can learn more about Claudine in the description of this episode. Merci et à bientôt.